Blog Talk Radio.
Amen, amen, amen. Happy, happy third day of July in 2022. My, 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 my. Six months gone, six months to go. And there are so many things that God is doing for us in this day, in this season. I'm going to turn the program over to Mr. Sheila so that she can pray for us and pray with us. In Jesus' name, Minister Sheila. Hi, good morning, good morning, good morning. Uh, I just want to say thank God for this day. Thank him for blessing us to see another holiday weekend and actually to carry us safely and loving to be alive and with each other. Father, I give honor to you. Lord, well, bless us for another day. Lord, I thank you and I thank you and thank you. And yet I cannot thank you enough. I thank you for a possible elect. Pastor Cecilia Kaiser, Prophet Antoine Thomas, Pastor Troy Thomas, Minister Brandon Kaiser, Minister Sylvia Renee Kaiser Wright, Minister Margo McCoy, Reverend Pastor, uh, excuse me, Lawrence C. Berry, Pastor Troy Thomas, Mother Evangelist. Missionary Linda Handy and Tony Montgomery. Lord, I give honor to all the ones that I know and I don't know. I thank you for all the leaders you have sent to lead us and to teach us the right way, your way, which is the way of life that we can all better and and bring us from the damnation that the devil is trying to convince us that his way is the right way. But, Lord, I give honor to you. I ask you to bless this government. They might choose to serve all the people, not just some of the people, but all the people that is on this earth that you have blessed life with. Actually, bless this law enforcement that they might serve all of us, not some of us, no matter what our color is, race, creed, religion, or whatever. But, Lord, I thank you, and I thank you, and I thank you, and to bless us for this day that we have in this day. And, Lord, I give honor to you, and I ask you to help us to worship and understand and thank you for blessing us with this program that we have each and every Sunday morning. But let's talk with Apostle-elect Dr. Cecilia Kaiser, which is on every Sunday, 9.30 a.m. Central Standard Time, 10.30 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. That's on Blog Talk. And on Monday night which is Facebook and Blog Talk with Iron Shopper and Iron with uh, MC Minister of the program. It's Minister Sylvia Kaiser-Wright. Uh, excuse me, but I'm going to need a little help because I'm driving. Uh, on the speaker for this Monday night, I believe it's the first one. Uh, it'll be Dr. Serena Wright. If I'm wrong, please correct me, which is at 8 p.m., Central Standard Time, 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And on Friday nights, which is Blog Talk and also Facebook, with Minister uh, Sylvia Kaiser-Wright and Prophet Antoine Thomas, that is a double hitter, and if I'm wrong, I will stand the correction, which is on Blog Talk and Facebook at 9 p.m. Central Standard Time, 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. 
and to remember our foundational scripture, Matthew 6 and 33, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all things shall be added unto you. But Lord, I just want to thank you and thank you for all of my bloodline family and also my spiritual family, for my sisters, my brothers, my daughters, my sons, my granddaughters, grandsons, nieces, nephews, my bloodline family, and also my spiritual family. But, Lord, I thank you, and I thank you, and I thank you. And I'm going to ask if there's any possible way to minister Margot Montgomery prayers out, because I said I am driving, and I just want to make sure I pay attention to God drive with me and lead us there on a safe and blessed way. I just want to say thank you, thank you, thank you, and bless us all that we have made it to another holiday weekend. Back to you, Apostle. Amen, amen. Well, I thank God for this strong word on today. I thank him for the 3rd of July. I thank him for just family, you know, uh, many don't know their families. Many um, have lost their families. Um, many just would love to have a family, whether it's a spiritual one, a biological one, or one that's based on a club or an organization or whatever. So I thank God for family, and I thank God for him being our heavenly father. Many times we talk about family and we forget to talk about God being our father. We forget to talk about Jesus being our Messiah and Savior and friend and in many ways a brother. And he keeps us. Oh, does he keep us? And then God has also given us the privilege of having his Holy Spirit that's like a, another brother that dwells on the inside of us. And yet they're all our Father because they're connected to the Father as one. I mean, it's an awesome, awesome privilege, family, like the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost that loves you unconditionally. It's not because you can do no wrong, because all have sinned and fall short of the glory of the Lord, but because they have agape love for one another and for us too. Now, the subject that we're going to be talking about today is going to talk about one of the struggles and the challenges with love with a family's love, with a so-called friend's love, with people on your job's love, with that significant other's love, with that brother, that sister, that niece, that nephew, that cousin, that uncle, that aunt, the challenges of love. We see them from Genesis to Revelations. A matter of fact, we saw it between Cain and Abel. We saw it between Hannah and her husband's other wife, Panaka. We saw it between uh, Moses and 
the ones that he dealt with. We saw it between David and Saul. We've seen it throughout the Bible, the challenges of love with family, with friends, with colleagues, you name it. So let's get into um, the first part of what's going to lead up to the true message for today. See, when God gives you instructions, you can almost be assured that it's going to be a true place of submission and yielding and surrendering to everything that God has told you to do. Because, see, when you call yourself a peacemaker and your brother's keeper, like God says we are to be, it means that he's going to challenge you and he's going to perfect you and even more. It means that if you've always been the person that's quick to apologize or try to get along, my uh, minister Sylvia used to tease me all the time and say, um, before Rodney King said, can't we all get along? I said it. But that's a whole other story in itself. So sometimes when you're obeying God, I want you to know you need to get ready for you to try to do something that you've been doing that was something that he told you to do yesterday, but what he's telling you to do today is different. So if you're doing something and you hear a soft, no, or you hear a loud stop right there in your spirit, it means that what you were doing is not what God's calling you to do right now. It means that you need to ask God, ask, seek, and knock before you do it, before you say it. So there was a couple of things going on, not just with family, but with um, friends and associates and um, different people. And usually, you know, I'd be like, oh, well, just keep the peace, just keep on talking, just keep on praying, just keep on, you know, apologizing, just keep on. But during this instance, God said, stop. And it was a loud stop. And I said, okay, God, what are you saying? He said, didn't I tell you that I told them to stop manipulating, but they still doing it? I said, okay, God. Didn't I tell you they're still playing the blame game or trying to have a pity party or play the victim? I said, okay, God. Didn't I tell you they're still being selfish instead of selfless? Didn't I tell you? that they're all about them and trying to shine and be in the limelight. I said, okay, God. He says, I'm going to expose the madness. Even if I only expose the madness to them, it's still going to be exposed. But some are going to cause me to expose the madness to the crowd. Mm -mm -mm. Because, see, the root cause of whatever insecurities or fear or envy or jealousy and much more evil that they're dealing with it in their soul, in their inner man, is pride. 
how many times have you said you were sorry, but they still didn't change? How many times did you just ignore them in order to keep the peace, but they didn't change? The apology for this season is over. This is the season that you will rather obey God than man. This is the season that your joy of the Lord will be your strength. This is the season that God will increase your gratefulness in a way to him that you've never, ever, ever seen before. Because God is going to teach you how to truly accept what he allows. God is going to teach us how to say, Father God, here am I. I'm grateful, full of your joy. I'm submerged in your peace. I have joy. I have peace. I am grateful. But God, increase my joy. Increase my gratefulness. Increase my peace. Increase it just like in your word when it says, God, I believe but help thine my unbelief. I'm saying, God, I have joy, but help thine the joy that I need even more. I'm saying, God, I'm grateful, but increase my gratefulness. God, I have peace, but increase my peace. And God, if that means that I have to look at any pride that's on the inside of me, or even others, I'd rather obey God than man. One of the acronyms for pride is personal responsibility and daily efforts. Because, see, pride is a feeling of deep pleasure or satisfaction derived from one's own achievements and the achievements of those with whom one is closely associated with, the qualities and the possessions of being widely admired. See, it's all about you, 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 you. It's not about God. It's all about you, 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 you. It's not about your family. It's all about you, you, you. It's not about your friends. It's all about you, you, you. You say it's about them. You say it's from your heart. You say you're doing this, but it's all about you being limelight. It's all about you being the focus. And see, then we have to deal with the fact that now there's others that want to tell you the truth that won't. You know, that false evidence appearing real. It's the fear. The fear of the person that's walking in pride not being happy with you. Being mad at you. Mm. Uh, uh, nine other things were feared It's false expectations appearing real Frustration, ego, anxiety and resentment Failure expected and received Feelings every alcoholic rejects Because see, these are some of the things that come from the AA Feelings expressed allow relief Fighting ego against reality 
Forget everything and run. <laughs> That's what some of us are doing when we're walking in fear. Face everything and recover. Uh-huh. Recover it all. Forgetting everything's all right. See, we have to know that everything is all right when we obey God. See, I'm I'm, I'm going to go way off, so I'm going to let you know this right now. There's a, a personality trait called domineering. It's a certain one's will over another in an arrogant way. And see, in some of the sexual arenas, they have these dominatrix, and all they do is just beat people and do things for pleasure, but it's still all about them. Uh-huh, I told you I was getting ready to go all the way off somewhere. But the problem is those same dominatrixing, uh, what would you call, features and attitudes can be brought over to the Lord's side. But guess what? It's evil, and God's going to spew you out. We need to stop taking some of this stuff we're doing in our bedrooms and bringing them to the church. Ouch! I know. We need to stop some of these attitudes that we have with our families and asking God to condone it. Uh huh. We have had family members that have treated one family member right and another family member wrong. I had a family member that was telling me about it that I never saw it before because they were always treating me cool. Hmm, what you talking about? I had somebody that was a friend that was telling me about how people was treating them funny. But, see, they was always treating me cool. Mm-hmm. I had somebody telling me about how on their job they always had this or that. But, see, they was always treating me cool. But, see, that's a lie. That's what the enemy wants you to think, that they was always treating you cool. They were always treating you cool because you were the peacemaker. You were the one saying, can't we all just get along? You were the one that when they needed something, they could go to you. But the reality of it is that they were still asserting themselves over another in an arrogant way. See, they're addicted to dominating people. They're addicted to dominating this person or that person, whether the domination is in their addiction to jealousy or their addiction to envy or their addiction to strife or their addiction to gossiping or their addiction to playing the blame game or their addiction to even being victimized all the time or or their addiction to making people think that it's always their fault, you know, the other person's fault, not the person looking in the mirror. They're addicted to domineering traits of the devil. They're addicted to making Christians and others behave in a way that allows them to be treated like the line, like like the person shining. Repent. Repent. Ask God to deliver you. Whether you're doing this domineering thing with your spouse, or your children, or your significant other, or your friend, or your uncle, or your aunt, or your niece, or your nephew, or your cousin. Repent. Repent. Ask God to change your appetite from a a type of behavior that always wants to manipulate 
a type of behavior that's always trying to do something out of pride and have people walking around in fear and envy. Let's read some of these scriptures so that you can see I'm not just talking. This is from the Lord. Proverbs 3 and 31, do not envy a man of violence and do not choose any of his ways. Proverbs 14 and 30, a tranquil heart gives life to flesh, but envy makes the bones rot. Proverbs 23 and 17, let not your heart, mm, did it say hard? Let not your heart envy sinners, but continue in the fear of the Lord of all the day. Talking about the fear of God, not of that sinner, not of that person. Ecclesiastes 4 and 4, then I saw that all toil and all skill and work come from a man's envy of his neighbor. Oh, my goodness. And this also is vanity and striving after the wind. Ecclesiastes 6, 9 and 6. Their love and their hate and their envy have already perished, and forever they have no more share in all that is done under the sun. Ezekiel 35 and 11. Therefore, as I live, declares the Lord God, I will deal with you according to the anger and envy that you showed because of your hatred against them, and I will make myself known among them when I judge you. Mm, that's God talking about judging, not me. Matthew 27 and 18. For he knew that it was out of envy that they had delivered him up. Mark 7 and 22. Coveting, wickedness, deceit, sensuality. Envy, slander, pride, and foolishness. Mm-hmm. Talking about the things that are sin. Mark 15 and 10. For he perceived that it was out of envy that the chief priest had delivered him up. It's the chief priest. Uh, what? I you talking about the church. Uh, let me read that one more time. Mark 15 and 10. For he perceived that it was out of envy that the chief priest had delivered him up. You know, they even delivered Jesus. To the cross to, mm, to be judged Because of envy Romans 1 and 29 They were filled With all manner of our righteous Evil Just unrighteousness And evil, covetousness malice. They are full of Envy, murder, strife, deceit Maliciousness They are gossips mm. 1 Corinthians Or 1 Corinthians 13 and 4 says, love is patient and kind. Love does not envy or boast. It is not arrogant. Galatians 5, 21 and uh, verse 26, envy, drunkenness, orgies, things like this. I warn you as I warned you before. Mm. Is he, did he say warn you before like he had told me earlier in the message? Mm. That those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. God said this, not me. 26 says, let us not become conceited, provoking one another, envying one another. Phillips 1 and 15, some indeed preach Christ from envy and rivalry, but others from goodwill. See, some people not preaching because as for the goodwill of God, some people are even preaching Christ for envy. First Timothy 6 and 4. He is puffed up with conceit and understands nothing. He has an unhealthy craving for controversy, Ooh, for quarrels, my God. 
about the words which produce envy, distinction, slander, evil, and suspicion. Remember, suspicion, suspicion, evil suspicion. Uh-huh. Titus 3 and 3. For we ourselves were once foolish, disobedient, led astray, slaves to various passions and pleasures, passing our days in malice and envy, hated by others and hating one another. My, my, my. First Peter 2 and 1. So put away all malice and all deceit and hypocrisy and envy and all slander. That's what God is saying on today. There's a man of God named Ray Abbott. He's at the Liberty of Justice. And he says that envy definition is painful resentment, awareness of an advantage, advantageous or an advantage enjoyed by another joined with a desire to possess the same advantage. See, envy puts you in a position that makes you look at what others have and discount what you have. But God has given you so much. There's no reason to walk in envy or be discontent or be so quick to resent someone else because you can't discount what God has done for you, your health, your strength, your many blessings. See, the difference between envy and jealousy is pretty simple. But many times they're the same thing. Because, see, when jealousy stems from the word zealous, which is a strong devotion to something or someone, you know, some people can be jealous of you because you're friends with someone they were friends with or that you have something that they've always wanted that they don't have yet. See, when we don't look at one another through the lens of scripture, the enemy will try to beguile us into thinking wrong. I remember we had these cousins that were working full time to bring distinction between uh, my sisters and I. And I remember my mother teaching us how um, sometimes when, um, I'll just say I would come home um, she would say stuff like uh, to my sisters, I've been here with you the whole time and she's been away and now let's celebrate her and things of that sort. But see, what we don't realize is that when those cousins and those relatives and whatever, obviously they saw a connection that they didn't have and they didn't want us to have. Obviously they saw a love that our mothers had for us that they wanted, whether it's because their mother or father was gone or whatever it was. But, see, we have to realize that envy and pride, fear, if it's not for God, is sin. We have to realize, like Cain, remember he killed his brother, Abel, out of envy. Remember Saul tried to kill David out of envy. Remember uh, Panana um, had the babies that she was having, because her uh, fellow um, sister uh, to her husband, they should have been like sisters at least, Hannah couldn't have children, so she would rub it in her face. So what type of relationship of love is that? If you really say you love someone, why would you do things that would promote division or bitterness? Hmm. 
Selah. See, envy, when it causes us to overlook our blessings, that's us saying, God, I don't know how to abound in a base in what you've already done, what you're doing for me. It's saying that someone else's wealth or position or looks or relationship is better than what you have when you don't even know what you have. Because if you knew what you had, you would know that there's other people looking at you on your job, in your family, in your neighborhood, saying, mm, I'm going to use my sisters for an example. I wish I had those bikes. Mm, I wish I had those cars and trucks. I wish I had those family gatherings. Oh, God, I think. I wish I had memories like that about my mother. I wish I had a relationship with God like they do. I wish I knew how to cook like they do. I'll use one of my great great nephews. He said, we went somewhere. He said, mm, I, I love that my family know how to cook. Do you know that there's people and families that know how to cook that don't know how to cook? Do you know that there's people and families that know how to clean to the perfecto, that don't know how to clean? Do you know that there's people in relationships that don't know how to be loved or to give love? Do you know to be a part of the families that many of us are part of? People would love to be able to say that they're part of our family, whether it's on our mother's side or our father's side. People would love to be able to say that they have the jobs that you've had and they've been able to recover from the things that you've recovered from. They have the relationships that you've had. Samuel, 1 Samuel 1 and 5 says, But unto Hannah he gave a worthy portion, for he loved Hannah, but the Lord has shut up her womb. Mm. Chronicles. Second Chronicles, this is 31 and 4. Moreover, he commanded the people that dwelt in Jerusalem to give the portion of the priests and the Levites that they might be enjoyed and encouraged in the law of the Lord. Hmm. Let's talk a little about your portion, your inheritance, the things that people are looking at saying that they wish they had. But they're not saying it in an envious way. They're saying it in a way that they're awed by how much God loves you. They're awed by the inheritance and the gift and the dowry that God has given you. Awed about how you serve and how you uh, give. They're awed about how God has reconciled so many things and restored so many things in your life. See, the prodigal son was one of two sons, and he went to his father, the younger son, and said, Father, give me the share of the property that falls to me. So his daddy divided it between the two of them, and he went out and he had riotous living. Somebody was looking at him, and they were probably saying, 
I can't believe he gave up all of that. But then when he came to himself and he came back, his brother, his brother was mad because he stayed there the whole time. And his other brother went out there and did riotous living, and now he's going to come back and get some more of the portion? He's going to get some more of the inheritance? Because when the father saw him returning, he ran unto him to welcome him. But see, the brother uh-huh, was jealous because I've been here all the time. Well, let's know this. As Christians, we have to be careful about what we allow to upset us. We have to be careful about when we allow things to upset us because that's us making an assumption and many times a wrongful assumption. Because when we do that, there goes jealousy. There goes envy waiting to consume. But God is saying that's unnecessary. That's not called for. You can just go to him and thank God for the restoration of that person, whether it was a sibling or a friend or a co-worker, whatever it was, that person that uh, um, was fired, that was rehired. Mm. That person that appeared uh, to be wrong, but they found out that they did the person wrong because somebody else was lying. That person that did do wrong, but they were restored. Whether it was infidelity, whether it was stinking thinking, whether it was jealousy of envy, whatever wherever and whatever it was, whether it was because the person was manipulating, being domineering, or because the person in their timidity was just being submissive because they wanted to keep the peace. See, when we make assumptions, sometimes we hurt people because we know something's wrong, but we don't say anything because we're so busy being a peacekeeper. But we have to realize that as Christians, sometimes us keeping the peace, sometimes us calling it kindness and peacekeeping and loving thy neighbor, loving thy family, is really us submitting to the abusive, neglective behavior of others. Let's make sure that when we claim our feelings are hurt or someone hurt our feelings or someone did this or that, that it's not really the victim game, the blame game, the I want a pity party game. Because, see, if all of that is truly happening, God is encouraging us to pray, to seek his faith, to seek restoration, to seek wholeness and healing. Because somebody on your job would love to be in your shoes. You, 
are talking about people that are riding the bus, riding over, but you've got cars, you've got bikes, you've got boats, you've got a home, you can pay your rent. They're not just robbing Peter to pay Paul. There is no Peter, and there is no Paul. My God in heaven. Our only indebtedness to mankind is to love them. Are we loving one another? I have a sister. Um, she's probably going to be like, I ain't tell you to say that. Who has someone on her job that it seemed like every time they brought food, it was stinking. And I said, God, that is a challenging thing because I've experienced that before. And God said, but what about if that's all they have to eat? I'm talking about me now. What about if they would love to be able to eat the things that you eat, but they can't afford it? What about if they have a sickness or an illness and this is what they need? in order to fully recover. My God, my God. What about if they have COVID and it's taking away not only their taste buds, but it's taking away their sense of smell? And that was even before they acknowledged COVID. Because as Minister Sylvia said on Friday night, COVID's been around for a very long time. And it's even on the Lysol cans and and various other things. And so we've been talking about this for years and years, about the various viruses that are out there. But guess what? Every time you turn around, there's a new strand of this virus, I mean, of this variant and virus, but guess what? It's the same thing with other things, whether it's monkeypox or uh, meningitis. It's always something. So if you see something, Say something But only say it In love And only say it If God told you to And don't be A doormat For someone to stump all over And don't make excuses That a person's treating you Like a doormat When it's really God using them To perfect you Because he already told you to stop Ephesians 4, 26 and 27 says, Be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your wrath, nor give place to the devil. Mm -hmm. That means that every time somebody tells you when you get mad that you're in a demonic emotion, not always, because we're to hate what God hates, and we are to be angry, but do not sin. So that means if something has made you angry, go to God and say, God, is this anger of you? Because James 1 and 20 tells me about how anger produces unrighteousness and how anger, if it's produced from God, it will be righteous. See, a righteous anger is an anger that lines up with this. And some have compassion, making a distinction, but others save with fear, 
pulling them out of the fire, hating even the garment defiled by the flesh. See, there's some things that it's an anger that God has blessed us to have, but we need his guidance on what to do with that anger. We need his guidance so that we don't oppress and suppress and depress another. Because, see, we have to know the difference between justice and injustice. And when we see injustice, we are to attack it with the arsenal of God. Proverbs 31, 8-9 says, Wash yourselves. Make yourselves clean. Put away the evil of your doings from before my eyes. Cease to do evil. Learn to do good. Seek justice. Rebuke the oppressor. Defend the fatherless. And plead for the widow. Mm. Psalms 119, 9 and 10 says, How can a young man cleanse his way by taking heed according to your word? With my whole heart I have sought you. Oh, let me not wander from your commandments. Now Jude goes so far as to remind us that there was a certain people that have crept in unnoticed just as if they were sneaking in by a side door. They are ungodly persons whose condemnation was predicted long ago, for they distort the grace of our God into decadence and immoral freedoms, Uh viewing it as an opportunity to do whatever they want and deny and disannounce our only Master and Lord Jesus Christ. So that gets into how some people walking in their pride because God allowed them to smoke, everybody else can smoke. Because God allowed them to drink alcohol, everybody else can drink alcohol. Because God allowed them to have pork, you can eat pork. I'm not saying God did it. This is what they said. Because a lot of times the liberality that people are walking in is not what God gave them, but they're saying, God said I can. And I don't know what God told them that they could do in a liberality, but that's on them. So don't go around today criticizing people that's eating pork. Don't go around today criticizing people that wear that Outfit that you can't wear That watch TV because you can't Watch TV But remember Psalms 119 And 57 The Lord is my portion I have promised To keep your words Lamentations 3 and 24 The Lord is my portion Says my soul Therefore I have hope in him Numbers 18 and 20 The Lord said to Am. You shall have no inheritance to their land or own any portion among them. I am your portion, your inheritance. 
among the sons of Israel. See, what we need to be praying is we need to be praying what David said in Psalm 42, 1 and 5. Verse 5 says that David cried out and said, O Lord, I said, you are my refuge, my portion in the land of the living. When we realize that God is our portion, we realize the title of this message that God did not allow me to give you until the end. And it says pride, envy, jealousy, and fear are not my portion. But God, you are my portion. God, you are my inheritance. God, you are my refuge. God, you are the captain of my salvation. God, you are my shine. You're always present. You are everything that I need. God, you are my increase and my decrease. For I am to decrease so that you can increase. God, you are my light and my shield. God, you are my faith. God, you are my sword. God, you are my arsenal. God, you are my love. God, you are my everything. You are my portion. Whatever I need, whenever I need it, you are my portion. I have the honor and the privilege of calling you my portion, God. Many people are calling their husbands and their wives and their cars and and their homes and this and that and their jobs their portion. But God, you are my portion. In Jesus' name, this word is Sealed by my portion. That is God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy One. Thank you for the blood. Thank you for your word made flesh for whatever and whomever needed to hear this message in order to be whole, restored, and reconciled back unto you. Amen and amen. If there's anyone that wants to share anything, the lines are open right now. No one that wants to share. And Minister Sheila has already made the announcement. And I want to thank everyone that's on the uh, World Wide Web listening to us, for this is a uh, international message from the Lord, and everyone that's on blog talk listening, and everyone that will listen to it in the archives. Um, when God gave me this message, I was like, wow. And he said, Cecilia, I need you to share with the people that I'm their portion. There's many struggles and there's many challenges going on right now. There's many people looking at the relationship 
and I'm going to call your name, though, that you have with Sheila and Renee. And they've never had that type of relationship. There's many people that not only want that relationship, they're envious and jealous of that relationship. Do not allow the enemy to creep in, the word has said, to destroy, to tank, or even discredit that relationship. That does not mean that I do not want you all to speak truth to one another. That does not mean I do not want you all to correct one another, as even Minister Sheila says, um, usually in her beginning remarks or ending remarks. That does not mean that what you say to each other will always be pleasing or even in my will. But it does mean that the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit have a relationship that I need for you all to emulate. So I need for you all to have that agape love. I need you to show it to your children because many of them are lost. They think they know God, but they don't. The example that God gave us in our mother was an example that many have never had. So my challenge to everyone that knew my mother and saw how she got along with her brothers and sisters and how she treated her children and how she caused us to treat one another, that we should pass it on to our children. We have a family reunion coming up that our grandmother started that many of us aren't attending. And it's not because we can't afford it because we can afford what we want to afford. Even if we put away $10, $20 a week, a month, a year, or whatever we have to do to be able to go to one, to find a way to make it a virtual meeting, we've got to do better. Because there's people looking at us saying, how in the world are they still having a family reunion with all of the things that have happened to them? Well, Father God, we glorify you and we magnify you conciliation and the restoration that you've given our families over and over and over again. God, I thank you for every one of Renee's children and even those that she calls her children. I thank you for every one of the children that Minister Sheila has as well and their children and their children's children. God, I thank you for how you've exposed how the enemy is trying to destroy our relationship that many look at and would love to have. God, deny them access to our agape love. God, deny them access to our minds and our hearts in the name of Jesus. God, circumcise our hearts, our ears, our eyes, our lips, our total being, to cause us to learn how to love the way the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost love one another. Restoration, God, reconciliation, I call for it in the name of Jesus, for we'd rather obey God than man. Any so-called hurt feelings, pity parties, go in the name of Jesus. 
any misunderstandings, any gossiping. Go in the name of Jesus. Restore, restore, restore in the atmosphere, in the mountains, echoing, restore, restore, restore what God has intended for us, which is to be a family that emulates God's agape love and that tells the truth and that receives the truth. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. And our foundational scripture is Matthew 6 and 33. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Until tomorrow at 8 p.m. with Dr. Serena Wright. If she's available or whoever the Lord puts on the air, bye-bye.
With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.